Well, we're in part two of our series, Open Doors. Last week, uh, we had an expert on doors open up, and that was Wooly. He uh, did a great job, and, and he really did speak about uh, doors that we open in our lives, and we can allow, what, what do we allow into our life? If you missed that, I encourage you to go online, go to our webpage, and I'll send you to a link, go to, go to uh, our podcast, if you've got iPhone, and you can find out all about our series. Does anybody like doing random Google searches? Um, on your computer, any random ones, and I did a random one about, um, uh, about famous people who, who started out being rejected, and it's quite amazing what you do find, and this is what I found, um, this is, see if you can guess who this person is, um, this, this person, um, they couldn't speak until they were four years old, um, they couldn't read until they were seven, um, they were expelled from school, and they couldn't even get into polytech. You know who that was? That was Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Quite amazing. Um, this other person, he was fired from the Kansas City Star in 1919. His editor said that he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. That was Walt Disney. Walt Disney. <laughs> um, this person was kicked, um, kicked out of the Grand Ole Opry in 1954, they told him to stick to his day job at, uh, at driving trucks, and his name was Alvis Presley, okay, so he carried on. Um, another guy, he was cut from his high school basketball team, his name was Michael Jordan, okay, which is quite amazing, you know, now he can fly. Um, and this is, what, this is what Michael Jordan was quoted as saying, I have missed over 9,000 shots in my career, I've lost almost 300 games, on 26 occasions, I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I have missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. God, I love that statement by uh, Michael Jordan. Um, but did you know that in 1853, a New York restaurant, um, a customer came in, and he was complaining about his soggy fried potatoes. And he kept sending it back to the chef, you know, and, they, and they'll send it back again. And then they said, look, it's too thick. And he sent it back. It's still soggy, and it's still too thick. He got so fed up that the chef um, got the potato, and he cut them in thin slices, fried them, and covered them in salt. And this is where we get the potato chip today. Wow. You know what's amazing is that life's biggest opportunities aren't always obvious. Our biggest opportunities aren't always obvious. It's always obvious after the fact. Like, obviously, that makes potato chips, right? You know, you fry them up. That's obvious. But back then, it wasn't. And, and quite often, your, your greatest opportunities in your life aren't always obvious. In fact, what frustrates me is that people have a negative relationship to failure. People really do. And it, and it amazes me that, that we can have a negative uh, reaction to failure. In fact, um, Failure is a massive part of being successful. We have to be comfortable with failure. We've got to, because through failure, there are life lessons we can learn. Uh, in fact, when you go to the gym to work out, you actually go to fail. Did you know that? When you go to the gym, you go to fail. Uh, you've got to get your muscles to a point where it fails, because that is where it begins to grow. And, and um, I've had a, a sabbatical at the gym for three months, and, uh, I've, I've, and I've started just going back to the gym, and, and there's a good friend of ours, and he, he doesn't come to church, but we're kind of like um, encouraging him and things like that. And he said to me, oh, hey, well, you should come to this class on Friday morning. It's, uh, it's called, uh, what did he call it? Balm, thighs, and core. 
something like that. And I was thinking, that sounds like an exercise for girls. And I, 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 I give me, give me like uh, 200 kilos um, to leg press, you know. No, you know, that's the kind of things I want to do. But because, you know, he's, he's a good friend and I'm like, okay, okay, I'll be there. So I turn up Friday, 6 o'clock in the morning. And I go to the room, and it's full of girls. And I think, see, I knew this was a girls' class. And I, and I turn there. I know where I'm going in there. I lose those heavy weights. But then he turns up. Hey, Anson, glad you came. And I was like, okay. So we went in there, and I did this. This went for 40 minutes. Let me tell you, Sunday today, my legs are still dead. Honestly, I, I, just getting up here, I'm trying to jump up around. And, 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 uh, and Saturday, and now, now I was walking around the house. She goes, oh, you got a sore back. because I've got sore legs. That's what I've got. I'm walking around like this. And, and uh, let me tell you what, you don't need heavy weights to get sore legs. Um, bum, thighs, and core. That is um, definitely um, one to try. But that's the thing. Failure. You go to the gym. The reason why you go to the gym, you, you, you pursue failure because it's, it's, it's when you get your muscles to a point of failure that they begin to grow, that you begin to get stronger. In fact, successful people, they fail more than they succeed, but they extract the lessons they learn from, from failure and, and, and then they use it and they use it, they use it, um, uh, they use it to grow. They use the wisdom that they extract from it and for the next cycle of, um, of the success in their life. And so... You have to take your shot. You have to live on the edge of your capabilities. I mean, this is, this is why we practice. Because practice, what practice is, it's controlled failure. It's, it's, it's getting to your limit. It's getting to the place of, of, of trying to lift that weight, but you fail. You fail. And it doesn't happen overnight. And you keep pushing yourself to the point till eventually your body adapts and you begin to lift that thing that you couldn't lift before. You begin to overcome that obstacle in your life that you couldn't before because you get stronger. Failure, what failure does, it, it helps you recognize areas in your life that you need to grow. What areas in your life are you failing right now? What areas in your life are you failing right now? Because the areas that you're failing right now are the areas in your life where you need to grow. When you think about marriage, when I think about the reason why marriages fail is because people get to a point where, well, our marriage is failing, we might as well separate. Well, failure does. What failure is supposed to be used for is for you to recognize in your areas where I need to grow. And I'm failing in my marriage in this area, and I need to grow in this area. I need to press in with God. I need to press in this area. And when you begin to, to press in in those areas of failure, you begin, to, you begin to grow and you get stronger. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. That's what failure is. And John Maxwell said this. He said, fail early, fail often, but always, always fail forward. Because in life, the more you do, the more you will fail. The more you fail, the more you will learn. The more you learn, the better you get. We've got to fail forward. Too many of us are failing backwards and we get stuck in our failure and we get stuck in our disappointments and we get stuck in our, in our self-pity and we have our pity parties because we're failing backwards. But let's begin to fail forward. Let's begin to learn from our mistakes. Let's begin to extract well, the areas that God is highlighting in our life. What areas are you failing in right now? Because let me tell you, your uh, failure is a stepping stone to success. And the passage in the Bible that I really want us to focus on, um, to me, really really highlights this very fact. It's one of my favorite passages. It's, something that, it's a passage that I love teaching on. on uh, whenever I'm, I'm teaching new believers or, or, or new Christians, I, I always 
preach on this passage. And, and if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 2. Turn on your devices. Turn on your iPhones. Turn on your iPads. But if, but if you don't have any of that, just use your eyeballs and have a look on the screen behind me. So um, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such a large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came carrying, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw the faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And, and what always fascinates me about this passage is, what does what uh, their faith have anything to do with, with his sin? Is, could it be that, that our life really does affect not just our own, affects those around us? Verse 6, now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves. Some of the teachers of the law, the, the theologians. Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know, when you miss something in, in the Bible, when you read it, what's really help, what really helps us to slow down and take note of it is when the Pharisees get upset or when the teachers of the law get upset because they got upset. And they say he's blaspheming. He's, what he's saying, because he, he's, he's saying he can forgive sin because they're true when, when, he's, when they say that only God can forgive sins because when Jesus made this declaration, your sins are forgiven, what Jesus was saying was that I am God in the flesh. That's what Jesus was saying because only God can forgive sins. And here's this guy, this, this fellow, this fellow person, stand up, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus is making a declaration. That, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm more than just a man. I'm not just fully man, but I'm also fully God. That I've come into this world, and I've got, and I've got, a, a, I've got a purpose, and, and, and the purpose involves your sin. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. You know, what I love about this is Jesus knows your intentions. Did you know you can't fool God? You can fool me, but you can't fool God. God knows your motivations. He knows what you're thinking. He knows your intentions. So quit trying to fool God. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to, this, to, say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, because I am God, God in the flesh. I'm about to show you this. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And this, come on, this is, this, this is he, he, um, he began to raise the expectation. You know the greatest miracle here? The greatest miracle wasn't the fact that he got up and walked. The greatest miracle is that his sins were forgiven. You know, John Newton, the writer of the song Amazing Grace, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. You know that song? Yeah. Well, he, I love this quote of John Newton. He, he, he says, there are three wonders when you get to heaven. The first wonder is you wonder where all the people that you thought will be in heaven aren't in heaven. 
And the second wonder is, all the people you thought wouldn't be in heaven are in heaven. And the third and the greatest of all the wonders is, how did I get here? How did I get here? You know the story of John Newton. What, what a wretch, that you will save a wretch like me. God, that you'll save someone like me or my past. There's no sin that you have ever done that, that, that Jesus wouldn't forgive. And I really want to focus on verse 2. This is, this is, this is where the, our, our teaching is going to be coming off um, this morning. Mark chapter 2, verse 2. Then they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. So I've got good news for you. If you've ever been disappointed, if you've ever been heartbroken, if you've ever been rejected, there's another door. There's another door. See, life's biggest opportunities aren't always obvious. It's always obvious after that time, but it's never obvious at the time because there's another door. See, after King David made his biggest mistake by sleeping with Uriah's wife and having him killed by putting him on the front line, he had, an, he had another child because the child from his biggest mistake dies. So this other child he named Solomon. The Bible tells us that Solomon goes on to become King Solomon, who, who the Bible says is the wisest man that has ever walked the face of the earth at that, at that time. So King David's greatest wisdom was born after his greatest mistake. And it's not obvious at the time. And sometimes it feels like, it doesn't feel like that we're getting wiser during our failures. It doesn't feel like that. Sometimes our wisdom feels like dumb mistakes at times. But we, we don't realize that we're getting wiser at that fact. That quite often that, that it's, it's for the sake of today that we're getting wiser for tomorrow. See, not, don't let your failure define you. Don't let your, 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 your failure hold you back. But let your failures be a stepping stone for your success. But learn to fail forward, not backwards. See, Jesus teaching, you know, he had this great crowd and, and, and these four men that couldn't get in the door because of this crowd. See, in the book of Mark, the crowd wasn't always a positive thing and because uh, Jesus wasn't looking for a crowd. See, Jesus, and, and quite often he'll say things and he'll say things that offended people. Can you imagine if Jesus was here today, he'll begin to say things and people get offended by what he said. Didn't he say that about me? What? And people will begin to leave and, and have their own way. Because Jesus wasn't looking for a crowd. He was looking for followers. Do we have any followers here this morning? Yeah. Come, on. Come on. That's what he's looking for. And, and, and he would feed the crowd, and the crowd would be happy. And then after they had their happy meal, he would say to them, I'm not your Big Mac. I'm not your Burger King. And if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, this is what you've got to do. You've got to, you've got to drink my blood and eat my flesh. And the crowd were like, I was into the miracles, but this took a dark turn. <laughs> this cannibalism thing, oh. See, even the Bible tells that even the disciples didn't understand what was going on. But Peter remembers after he recounts to, to Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, what was happening. So we've got these, three bro these four brothers, these four brothers, and they're carrying their mate. And the only way... The only way, and, 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 and they had high hopes. You could say that their faith was through the roof. Come on, I worked really hard on that. It deserves a bit more than that. Thank you, thank you. They, they had high hopes, and their faith was through the roof. 
And, and they're on their way. They're carrying their brother. And they get there. But they can't get through because of the crowd that's standing in their way. There's a crowd in the door. They can't, get, they can't enter in because of the crowd that is there. And what, what I love, what they didn't do, they didn't do what most of us subscribe to. They didn't go home. Well, obviously God didn't want them to be healed today, so let's go home. Obviously God didn't want me to have my breakthrough today, so I'm going to go home. Obviously God hasn't called me to be a leader, so I'm just going to stay back and sit, sit on this chair and just be, just be comfortable. You know, but they, they weren't just ordinary um, brothers. You know, and I kind of imagine that these guys were from South Auckland. That's my imagination on reading this. Maybe it's because the South Auckland boy within me. And I, I just kind of think that, 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 uh, that you had Hone, you had Sione, you had Yuane, and, and you had Rufus. Rufus, you're South African. And they're carrying, they're carrying uh, their mate. His name is Matt. Carrying Matt. And they get there. And, 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 and they can't get in. And so the first door they come to is the door of disappointment. Have you, ever been, have you ever been faced by the door of disappointment before? They can't get in. And then they start talking to each other. Hone, Hone goes to the boys. Hey, cuz, I, I, um, I noticed that there's no security cameras around the back. And, and Rufus goes, I reckon we can get on their roof. And um, they're whispering. They're whispering because... They don't want Matt to know their plans and what they're about to do. And so, you know, be careful. Don't tell everybody your plans. Sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So, so these boys, these boys, they, they make their way onto the roof. They make their way onto the roof and, 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 the, and they begin to dig. They begin to dig because when you, come, when you come to a door of disappointment. These boys were different. Because quite often your door of disappointment is actually your door of opportunity. It's your door of opportunity. Your disappointment's a door of opportunity. That's what it is. Because there's another door. There's another door. And they get on the roof. And, 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 and when you think about Mark, Mark, when he speaks about, for Mark, faith, faith is not just an attitude, it's action. Whenever there's like four times he, he talks about faith, but it's always about an action. Because to Mark, faith is, is something that you see in response to what you don't see. It's something you see, there's another door. There's another door. And, and, and my faith is in response to something that we don't see. And in fact, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 say, uh, says this, faith is, to be sh- faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. See, faith is to be, faith is to, is to see something, it's to see, uh, see something that where, but you're assured of a hope that you cannot see. So they get on the roof because there's another door. And they begin to, they begin to make a door. They begin to make it, and they begin to dig through this, through this door. But see, it's no, it's no normal door. It's like no other door. It's not, it's not a normal door. It's a different door. This door is not for normal people. It's not for people who get offended easily and leave. It's not for people who, who, where things get hard so they quit. It's not for people uh, uh, that, 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 that just can't be bothered. This door is for, for people who are determined. 
determined people. This is what, do I have, is anybody that's determined this morning that I'm determined? I'm determined to work on my marriage. I'm determined to press on in. I'm determined to finish my education. I'm determined to press in on God. Uh, nothing's going to stop. Nothing's going to I can't get in this door, but there's another door. Devil, not today. Not today. Come, there's another door. There's another way. And I'm going to press on in. Amen. But I love, what, um, I love what Matthew says about this, about this situation. And it kind of blows my mind. And, and, and the gospel, of, according to Matthew, he, he writes, this is his account of the same scenario, the same incident that happened. This is his account. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, and it says this. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Now, what, what did Matthew leave out? He left out the fact that these brothers ripped off this guy's roof. Okay? That's what he missed, missed out. And, and what, what amazes me is um, that the scholars, because Mark, who wrote the, wrote the Gospels of Mark, he's not a disciple. He wasn't one of the disciples of Jesus. And, and scholars believe that, that uh, it was Peter who recounted to Mark who wrote down the Gospel. Okay, scholars also believe that the house where everything took place belonged to Peter. So where Matthew remembers the healing, Peter remembers the roof. <laughs> it's perspective. It's perspective. What do you see? Do you see a door of disappointment? Change your perspective. I can't get it. I'm going home. It's getting too hard. I'm going to give up. I'm going, to, I'm going to leave because I can't, I can't take it anymore. My marriage is just too hard. Change your perspective. What areas are you failing in? Because that's the place God is pressing for you to grow. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Your disappointment is a door of opportunity. You know, as a, as a youth pastor, when I was a youth pastor... Um, people look back and they say, wow, you had a successful youth ministry and all these things happened. But, you know, I failed more than I ever, ever succeeded in youth ministry. I failed over and over again. And many times I, I just wanted to give up because I just think, man, maybe I'm not caught out to this. Maybe it's just a bit too hard, but I keep pressing in. I keep pressing in. And, and, and every door of disappointment, I found a door of opportunity. And, 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 and I got to a point where I, where, where I took a quote from Thomas Edison and I, and I rewrote it to my situation. And we sometimes when, when we tried something and it failed, I, I'll say we didn't fail, but we successfully identified ways that didn't work for youth ministry. We change your perspective. Change your perspective. There's another door. There's another door. And I, lo I love that the, these boys, they're digging this roof. It's made out of mud. It's made out of rammed earth. In fact, most houses in uh, uh, in the world is made from rammed earth, and it's, been, and it's, it's a process of making houses since mankind started making houses. And when we were in Tibet, we saw rammed earth all the time, and, 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 and you can see in this picture here, this is a wall made from rammed earth, and this is in Tibet. It's made from rammed earth, and, and they even make the, see the roof is made out of rammed earth as well, and if you go to the next picture, we've got a Tibetan lady on, her rammed, on the dirt roof, this is their roof, and she's standing looking out in Tibet. We stood on, on this dirt floor, it's pretty solid, and it's quite amazing that they have. And, it's, and it, what, it, what this does, it keeps your house warm during winter and cool during summer. But it's made from dirt. 
And I love this because you got these four brothers with their mate Matt on this roof. And they're like, there's another door. And they begin to dig. They begin to make a door because there was no door, so they were making a door. Are you willing to get your hands dirty? Are you willing to get your hands dirty for your miracle? Are you willing to do what it takes? And they're digging. They're digging. Jesus is preaching. He's, pre- he's preaching a good sermon. You know, I know he's preaching a good sermon because he's preaching a good word because Jesus is the word. And, and he wasn't healing anybody that day. It wasn't even on his agenda to heal anybody. And as he's, as he's preaching, he's like, there's dirt falling from the ceiling. You know, it's just, it's just can you imagine, like, you know, there's a noise going on. And sometimes, sometimes the reason why you can't get through that door, because it wasn't your door to go through in the first place. Because wow. sometimes God is calling you to go to another level. God's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. He's calling you to make another door, to go through a door that, that is not a normal door, that not normal people don't go through. But he's calling you to go higher. All you need is four good friends. That's all you need. But even if you don't have four good friends, all you need is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and me. That's the team I need, Team Jesus. So, so sometimes the boys will go, hey, let's, we'll meet at the gym. Let's go. Let's go. We'll be there at 5 o'clock. So I'll rock up at 5 o'clock and no one there, it's like, come on. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's us. Team Jesus, let's go. Let's do this. That's all you need. Father, Son, Holy Spirit in you. Team Jesus. And they began to, to dig, dig through this roof. And Jesus looked up and he, he sees this opening, opening up. Can you imagine that? And, and they, through the dirt comes the man comes the man. Through the dirt comes the man. Jesus is like, I like your work, boys. Because <laughs> I came down. I came down through your dirt, through your shame, through your rejection. I came down through your sin. I came down for you. How many, here, how many of us are still stuck in this door of disappointment? Because there's another door, there is, and this door is called salvation, the door of salvation. Jesus says, John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Your past does not define you. Your failures doesn't define you. That's not who you are. But God is calling you higher. He's calling you higher. There's a reason why you're not going through that door, because he's calling you higher. He's calling you to go to another level. Don't let your your past hold you back. Your past does not determine your future. There's a door that God is calling you through. There's another door.